Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 195 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, I am not alone after two episodes of being alone out in the wild. Um, hearing myself talk over and over, Angelo is uh, recovered. He is free of the shackles of summertime fun, and he is here because school is back in session, so so is Angelo. I'm back. Routine is back. We're all back. <laughs> you're just you're, you're going to yeah. be stuck with me again. I know. Trying I know. to take the to podcast in the wrong direction. I just want to talk about uh, games that shall not be named. I was about to say <laughs> it and I didn't. So, uh, but if anybody well, here, wants to know about that, they can DM me. And let's get the let's get the obvious out of the way. Angela, you got a new computer, so you, I'm going to give you your like 90 second spiel. Yeah, I don't really want to harp on it too much. I think uh, I wasn't in the market for a new computer, but my dad's. 2008 14 year old iMac that I had given him uh, finally stopped working which 14 years for a computer pretty good right Brian absolutely I yeah my last MacBook lasted me eight and I was very surprised about that one I think the bottleneck on that thing was uh, the old school hard drive as well as a hard drive and it's just like yeah it was just deteriorating right so it was time for me to also like the the ram needs as i kept upgrading all of my software right for all my av stuff um was definitely uh, lacking and it's not easy as you know to change uh that in a mac especially an, an aging mac an older yeah. mac um when you're looking for those prime parts i think that mac had eight gigs of ram i can't remember i, I can't remember but yeah it was just it was not enough for what i was trying to do towards the end of it because you had changed the hard drive on it, right? Yeah, I changed SSD. the hard drive three years. Yeah, three years before um, beforehand, which was the, the issue at hand. Thankfully, a friend of mine had. Because I had one of the last generations of MacBooks where you could swap out the hard drive. Yeah, one of those 2012 um, ones, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that I was remember, one of the I remember when you bought it, Brian. I know. I had I'd done a full year without a computer. It was very weird because I, I had a computer at work and I had an iPad at home. And then uh, I realized I, I probably could, should get one. So, Well... You know, computers don't last forever. So in this case, uh, my dad is going from a 2008 iMac to a 2015 uh, 27-inch 5K iMac, which was still working fine for me. And I'm a bit of a computer nerd, as you know, because we have a podcast and we talk about stuff like this. So it was good enough for podcasting. I think it'll be good for my dad and his uh, going on Facebook and looking at YouTube. And pretty much I thought, that's... I thought we were going to say the, the classic old Italian man moon of like jumping on Yahoo games, right? No, he doesn't do that. He does look at like... <laughs> Uh, Italian sports scores and stuff. He, he, you know, he's happy. He watches old, uh, out of copyright movies on uh, YouTube and stuff. Like, I like how you, you extended your, uh, you know, your degree of morality towards your dad of like saying, like, yes, these are, you know, have fallen out of copyright. He's never watched anything that infringes upon an act of copyright because no one in my family does that ever. Never. Oh, let me ask you a question before I forget. Yeah. What would you do if you discovered that one of your kids was pirating software or pirating media? How would you talk to them about that? First, I asked them why they were doing that, because luckily enough, you know, we have the means to buy things that we need. To, like, if we want to watch a movie, you know, I don't have, a, I have trouble renting it from iTunes. Now, the only time I really don't mind if that happens, if it's something that's absolutely not available to you anywhere, you try to get it legally. I mean, that was the issue for me with, like, Formula One. When I used to watch it a few years ago, I would torrent the British feed because, first of all, I didn't have TV. And I couldn't get the app and I couldn't watch it streaming here in Canada. So they left me no choice. So I would download the torrent and uh, watch that. Never got caught. Although now I guess, what, the F1 people are going to come and get me at my house? They're going to drive over <laughs> well, real quick. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, the the quick, like, 20 minutes, like, they're going to, when they come into town, right, they're going to just come to your door with a uh, a pillowcase filled with hammers and just take a large swing at you. I have until next June. <laughs> well, there you go. You have, like, a, a full 10 months to just go ahead, or 11 months at this point. No, 10 months, actually. We're September, so a full 10 months for you to, to plan about uh, what, what your counter move is going to do, or going to be. So, so all that to say that I'm on a new Mac and I'm hoping this is recording properly. And if you're not hearing this, it means it didn't record properly. But if you are, good news. I, I, I set it up properly. So what you're saying is we should just, uh, in any event, just drop the one-sided conversation where I'm just talking to myself. And I don't, you, you then would do like a director's commentary post-production next episode. Well, you can put crickets. Well, there we go. Yeah. It's just or the sounds of hard, hard drives C. failing. <laughs> sea of crickets a couple of things you missed while we were gone right so uh, uh let us talk about netflix right so this idea of an ad supported um, um tier kind of goes into your talking before about streaming stuff uh so yeah uh, seven to nine bucks a month to to get you a, a an ad supported uh netflix option is is sort of on the horizon i think i think it's inevitable that netflix will start charging money for their um uh wares well i don't i don't think it's a terrible idea it'll allow people that don't have the means to pay what is Netflix now like 15 20 16, bucks a month yeah, depending yeah. on what you get and where you are in the world too yeah and they're cracking down on sharing passwords as well so this would allow people to get it legally and just have the annoyance of ads i know a lot of people i'm i'm sure you included don't mind the ads on youtube right you watch youtube for free you don't pay for it correct well i was gonna say a more relevant one is uh, uh i have Tubi, the Tubi app installed yes. on on roku right which is owned by fox and they do ads every 15 20 minutes so i don't mind watching one of those but they're also super reasonable with their ads i never have had to sit more than i'd say like 90 seconds okay. through something so i would definitely um uh be okay with that, but paying for it, I think, is an entirely different kind of situation to have versus Tubi, which is an entirely free so, um, yeah. um, service. That I guess therein lies the problem, where you're paying for something and you still have ads. I think Hulu works that way. We don't have Hulu here. In the States, so yeah. Because we, sure. yeah, all of the Hulu stuff has been folded into star content on Disney Plus and we in don't, Canada. And we pay for that and there's no ads. Although, there's also rumors of Disney having a tiered option that has ads. Which I think kind of makes sense, and I think they actually may be way more successful than Netflix, because as Netflix's uh, library of original content grows, can you name me the last time you watched um, the first season of a Netflix series that you were enamored with? I would say it was Archive 81 that really got me uh, to watch. It was a new Netflix show, and um, it ended on a really good cliffhanger. Yeah, which is super annoying because it'll never get solved, right? Because it was it was canceled. So that's yeah. uh, that's unfortunate and tiring, and I'm I'm kind of done with that. That bugs me with Netflix. They're so quick to cancel their shows and don't give them a chance. Uh, and a lot of the shows I've watched, I end up not finishing them. Right now, there's a uh, there's a couple of shows that I really enjoyed, and I'm not really interested in watching the new seasons. And that's uh, Lock and Key. And yep. the Umbrella Academy. I, I yeah. started the Umbrella Academy, and I have no interest in continuing it. Um, I liked it, but I'm, I have no interest in this new season. I watched a couple of episodes. They were fine, but there's so much other stuff I want to watch more. More, absolutely. It's it's a, it's a Netflix is the home of middling content when you really, really think about it, because... Yeah, like I watched, I got really bored the other day, and so I watched The Gray Man, the Ryan Gosling and Adarmis, uh, uh, you know, $250 million uh, production, which was... And is that any good? No. Okay, no. thank you. I mean, you it was very, like, it, 
it was very much like uh, it, it felt like the same thing as like watching one of these newer like direct to video or direct to VOD pursuits only was like much more expensive. There was no there's nothing special about it, nothing memorable about it that I really just did not care about in, in the very least. So I'm looking at a list now of all the Netflix original stuff and like I, I can't tell you. Uh, how uninterested I am in like 99% of this. Maybe I think you should leave with Tim Robinson is interesting to me. Um, Stranger Things is still good. That I did. Stranger Things is okay, but I don't, I didn't care for the setup for the, the last, uh, the most recent seasons of, of doing two, two and a half hour episodes. I thought you that was just kind don't of like Kate move. Bush music. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like Kate Bush music. Um, I don't know so if I've wrong. talked about this on the podcast, but I was, I'm like, I was diagnosed with like very severe ADHD uh, two months ago. And so that kind of explains why I can't do two hour, 45 minute um, uh, uh, episodes of television shows. You can in one only sitting. do a 45 minute podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can manage. I think if, if I'm it was actively up to you, engaged, Brian, every episode would be uh, nine minutes like the last couple of episodes you put out. Exactly. When you leave me alone to my own devices. Yes, absolutely. That's the only thing that happens here is just me uh, talking to myself all alone. Um, so uh, this Netflix stuff though did make me think of what what technology has changed the most in our lifetime, and I really feel like how we absorb entertainment has changed the most from watching movies to watching TV shows to getting video games to listening to music. All that stuff has changed so much from how it was. Uh, Video games is a good example that I just thought of now I, because initially it was mostly about the Netflix stuff and streaming TV. But do you remember when you were a kid, you'd go to buy the video game at the store? The experience for me was going to Toys R Us and taking the little card out of the sleeve and then paying right, for that right. and then going to like the dude who lived with all the video games behind the glass. The cage. Yeah, yeah, and then he would hand you Super Mario Brothers 3. And then you'd go home and read the instruction manual in the car and get sick and then play the game. And now you have like streaming, basically streaming services for games where you pay a subscription and you have, I, I don't, I rarely pay for games outright. And if I do, they're usually on sale for very cheap and I don't have to leave my house to get them. They're instantly on my console. Or on my for a PC second, I thought you were going to bring up uh, Google Stadia for a second, which I was like, that is a huge misfire that should not count towards towards anything. But yeah, the 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 subscription model of uh, access to software no, that not did not work well gaming. at all. Yeah, no. Um, the model that works has been proven by Microsoft, and it's Game Pass. Oh, or uh, is saving money only buying like three games a year, like I do. Yeah, uh, you can do that too, and then you enjoy <laughs> those games more. You live in the old fashioned times because that's what you used to do when you were a kid. You'd have those three games, you played them, and then sometimes you'd go rent a game which doesn't happen anymore. That's another thing, right? You used to go, my wife and I joke with our kids all the time saying, okay, let's go to the video store and rent a, rent a movie. And we don't do that because there's too much choice now, which is also a detrimental thing. It's kind of hard to pick a movie for family movie night. You don't have like a running list or, or something? We really should, but we end up not having that. And uh, it's okay. Because like, we'll I'll pick something and one of them wants to watch it and then the other one doesn't. Right now we're we're all enjoying She-Hulk, which is a good show, but it's not a movie. Oh, I still have to go watch the. So we're on the third episode, right? Because we're recording September fourth. I got to go finish that. Are you enjoying that show? I am. I am. I, I really like it. I think it's also just the right length of time, and also like it. It's. I mean, like we could talk about the MCU all day long, but kind of like my bigger problem is that like I and I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode this summer, but I think that like it would it would benefit from one of those like. Uh, did you ever buy comic books as a kid? Let's start with that. No, I never really did. Okay, because I was going to say, like, sometimes what happens is when they had larger scale events, they'd have a checklist in Mac of, like, what was the core story and what was kind of, like, the tie-ins to the story. And I feel like 
Marvel should be doing some of that, right? For example, um, some people uh, who went to go see uh, Doctor Strange in May did not watch WandaVision. I know one person in particular who didn't do that. And so you're totally lost. They were lost. They were lost, right? And there's no there's no screen crawl. I know we covered this before, but like once again, I do think that uh, you know, for example, like She Hulk appreciated but not essential to Phase Four, we're right? In phase Four, yes, yeah. Towards the end of, of Phase Four, right? So I think that like uh, I kind of enjoy um, that. It is becoming a lot harder to watch the Marvel movies uh, in a vacuum, right? You have to watch them pretty much all in a row, really. You have to get caught up. Same thing with Star Wars, right? Like all the lore coming out and things like that, like the Kenobi miniseries. You can't just go and, what's this Last Jedi movie? Let me watch this. (laughs) I mean, like, I I do think, like, going forward, the next Marvel um, uh, IP that ends up on a big screen will be interesting to see how much it's tied into all of the the assorted surrounding stuff. Um, Something that is really interesting, though, that I think is done really well is that on the Marvel side of things, the comic book side of things, the the world they've managed to build is very interesting and rich in the ways that all of the um, other visual media, a.k.a. all of the television shows, haven't been able to necessarily um, match, except for like maybe Mando season one. Season two didn't really care about. I stopped watching uh, Boba Fett like three episodes in, I think. Oh, well, you missed where it became uh, The Mandalorian season four. Well, there you go, right? So. You, need to, well, you need to go back and watch it. <laughs> or season three, you mean? Season three, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, you'll need to go back and watch it then, because uh, otherwise you're going to be lost with the next Mandalorian season. Which I'm not going to watch, probably, right? Really? So you point, didn't like, like I did, it? I didn't even finish Kenobi. I don't huh. I don't care enough, dude. I don't. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, That's like... fine. My brain can only handle so much of the same kind of stories, and uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm very picky with with well, how I'm spending my time these days. You are correct because really, the most valuable thing you have is time. And exactly. Well, thank you. Um, coming back to your question, though, like I think what has changed the most, I think is is the way. And so, two things I think, right? So, the way in which we consume media, and also uh, the way we communicate with each other. Yes. Right, because we have the choice of never hearing from someone else. Like right now, I'm reading a book about the rise and fall of uh, research in motion, right? BlackBerry, and so it's very fascinating to sort of think about how they conceptualized their own private messaging servers and like things like that in the '90s, and you know, versus like where we are now, which is everything exists in the cloud and can get pulled down at any time, including you know, video, music, anything at all, right? So. The way in which we communicate with each other, I think, has also greatly changed. You know, like you can, it's kind of like Star Trek, right? You can pick up, you can see someone on a screen, you can talk to them and, you know, in in real time, pretty much. Let's, you know, if the lag is in, you know, dozens of milliseconds, it's fine. But you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot there. Like my job exists solely on a computer screen. And everybody has a voice because now we're podcasting. We're putting this out there for people to listen to. We would only have been able to do this in a radio studio in the... 80s even into the 90s and early 90s 2000s sure. really be, because there was no way to get our voices out there but now you know we have the people that listen to this show who were you know they were really sad the last few months without my voice on the show yeah i really got a dozen twitter messages saying just that like a Correct. dozen wow dozen yeah if you you know a dozen with the margin of error being a dozen okay but. <laughs> uh yeah it's kind of funny that you say that though right because it's, it's once again it's both the technology uh, itself like these microphones that can plug into computers with low latency right i don't know if you ever struggle with the recording yourself um let's say even like 2004 2005 but sometimes i remember uh, due to like lack of ram i'd have to reboot my computer because the lag would be too great i did not uh, record with computers until 2003 when i got my uh, ibook g3 or is it a G4? Right, but what, did you ever encounter a situation where there was lag? 
Not with that computer. No, okay. Um, but before that, any time I tried to record with a PC was a disaster. Uh, and it's what made me switch to the Mac platform because I, I'd heard such good things and I, I was skeptical at first, but it was a significant difference. Uh, but until then, I was recording analog th- onto tape. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Very that's the same inconvenient thing. Like we, compared to what we can do now. I was going to say, like, in the 90s, you and I would have had to sit down with a, with a microphone and a cassette tape and try to figure out who to mail this to you or how to duplicate it, right? So imagine sitting physically and duplicating tapes. I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, there was a company doing that. that weren't they sell, uh, trying to sue all the famous podcasters at one point? Yes. Yeah, exactly. For saying that, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Uh, speaking of Apple, though, uh, new iPhones come in in a couple of days. I don't care. Do you care? I don't need one right now. Uh, would I would I say no to a giant uh, iPhone Pro Max? No, I would I would gladly take. Do you it even if have the pockets for it? Well, I I don't really leave the house that often, but That's no, true. I guess it would fit in, a, in my pocket. Um, but my iPhone twelve still going well, not too bad. It works right. Uh, battery's still pretty okay, and like I said, I don't go out that often. So um, I also just bought a new computer. So if I hadn't just bought a new computer, maybe I would have been more interested in spending what the prices are going to go up though so an iphone max is going to be like fifteen hundred dollars i was gonna say fifteen hundred canadian if not more and that's no a canadian will be probably like sixteen seventeen eighteen hundred dollars so it'll be very expensive and at that point you just get a laptop i mean you you, you carry to, around to a laptop make your phone and calls? Talk to it. yeah you're just screaming into a laptop walking <laughs> down the street i would love to see uh no not really i was gonna say i'd love to see a future where that was possible but i don't really want to witness that let's be honest here right so already it annoys me when i'm walking down the street and people are talking into their phone um like i think you just get annoyed leaving the house in general right so that's that's kind of the bigger issue here yeah i'm not a fan of leaving the house (laughs) uh so since uh our hiatus right something big has kind of happened on the internet so we've covered this site before and now i think it's it's worth mentioning again right so i think at the end of uh, towards the end of 2020 we did an episode all about uh online hate and uh tracking uh people and how there are like hate mobs out there and uh i wanted to do a quick follow-up which might not be a quick follow-up depending which way we take this one but kiwi farms one of the most notorious sites on the internet has been uh kind of taken down as of september 4th at uh, 8 p.m et or est i can never remember which of the two uh which is uh, theoretically good news right so what has happened is that uh they finally picked on the wrong person um, so the, the Kiwi farmers out there picked on Keffels, who is a Canadian Twitch streamer who's also a trans personality. And uh, basically, she has managed to build enough awareness to turn the tide on the farms where uh, their partners, including people like Cloudflare, which uh, Cloudflare, which makes sure that they don't get DDoS, have, have walked back their partnerships. And so either it's going to exist on a true... Um, uh, server that does not care about hate or the more likely scenario is they're going to go dark web. And and that's where these things really should live because nobody wants to come across this by accident, first of all, but no. And, and kind of like the, the internet's sort of the wild west. And in this case, it, it spoke for itself, right? The entire internet sort of banded together and determined, well, you know what? We don't want you on the internet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the entire internet. No, I right? know. I, but I, I still I, say there's still, yes. there's still people out there I, who I like, had are, no idea this was happening, right? But like, <laughs> but a lot of people came together and through whatever they did, spoke loud enough to have this site taken offline further to my point though my question to you is like how do you police this kind of content right because the thing is like 
I think it's one thing to comment upon something, but uh, they, they have this concept um, called glass tapping, right? So they, they each thread is a different personality, and the idea is you're not supposed to interact with them. It's just a place to collect information, right? But of, of course, with degenerates being degenerates, they'll go out there and they'll do their thing and they'll harass people. Like uh, Keffels has had to, uh, sh- she literally had, she's a Canadian Twitch streamer who had to go to Europe because of their, uh, their occurrences of swatting and things like that. And she's had to move around because people have been able to dox her over and over um, and she refuses to be silent. So it's, it's sort of interesting how that's playing out. And, and that is aside from the internet, but you can't find these people that do this, right? It's, it's pretty difficult to find somebody who, sw- who caused the swatting, right? I mean, it also depends on what, you know, if they're using a VPN, what kind of service they're using. Yeah, like, no, you know, there's, the thing, a, there's right? a bunch of other um, um, sort of like obstacles or hurdles to to get through depending on who, how they swatted this person, right? But, but yeah, my question is like, where do we draw the line for this sort of, of, of behavior, right? Because I think that like, I think commentary is one thing as long as, it's, I think it's all about containment at the end of the day, right? And if these people had this forum with this hateful content, but they uh, did not bleed out into the larger uh, universe of the internet, I think it'd be one thing. But as soon as you um, try uh, to harass, dox, you know, um, swat someone, then like I think a line is drawn and there needs to be uh, consequences for that. Yeah, action has to be taken. In this case, it kind of was taken in, into its own hands, right? It's, it, it's self-policed. It's not authorities didn't get involved. It's just that people got involved. Well, I mean, their authorities did get involved because there were death threats and things like that, right? Oh, too. So, okay. So it's kind of convoluted. So uh, Cloudflare kind of had to back down after seeing the amount of death threats that the uh, community was posting. So they had to act on that based on on that nugget of information, not necessarily on where they stand on First Amendment rights. Okay. And it, I mean, this is kind of sort of like Google removing Trump's platform from uh, from their, from their uh, app store, right? I think it's back though, right? It's back already. Oh God! But yeah, I mean, that it, it comes down to that, right? Someone could be so bad that they can be president of the United States, but also removed from Twitter. So at a certain point, something happens online where action is taken. No, okay. So Truth Social is still off of uh, Google Play, but let me double check and see. It's still Apple. it's on the Apple Store though. Yeah, it's still on the Apple Store. Yeah, which is hilarious. Four point five stars, uh, one hundred twenty thousand ratings, Angelo. Should we help on? It's a, it's a tremendous app. On? It's tremendous. <laughs> he uh, has been going into, so I don't want to talk too much about, you know, uh, Donald Trump, but he has been going on a tear, and by a tear, I mean a true meltdown. Uh, he, last week, posted like 50 times in a day or something like that. It's just, he's not there's well. a lot going on. He's yeah. not well. No, no. There's a lot going on in that world that I'm tired of, but also... Uh, he is slowly becoming an unstable genius. <laughs> I mean that is that is the diplomatic way of saying things. Not to yeah. say that the the current powers that be aren't also um, uh, uh, unwell in different ways either, right? I don't think there's a good answer to any of this. Out yeah. of 300 plus million people, these are the people that you elect, and I know that these are. Uh, I don't believe in like cabals or like mm-hmm. the r- new world order, but I do believe in cent- like um, centers of power, right? So I do think that like these uh, were the optimal choices, the best of the worst. I do think that we have angered a certain subset of uh, internet user already by mentioning that we didn't immediately hate She-Hulk, you know, because there is the the classic neckbeard belief of the Yas Queen kind of tropes happening. You have not and watched so episode very angry three yet. That. So well, spoiler, see. spoiler, I know what happens at the end, and there are a lot of neckbeards who are super angry about it. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, with that though, Angela, let us move on over to the paranormal side of things. It's been a while. 
Angelo invoking the immortal words of Stained, whose singer Aaron Lewis can be found on Truth Social, uh, scarily enough. So there you go. Full circle right here. If maniacs, zombies, aliens, monsters, and madmen are your line, then try this. Double density. The phone number nightmares are made of. Call 1-900-909-CREEP. Double density. Puts you in touch with the baddest of the bad. And now you can be a double density star. Record your own screaming monster madness. You may be heard by millions of double density fans nationwide. Call now. Under 18, get permission before calling. $2 first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal, and this week we have two Reddit posts on the docket that are interrelated, interestingly enough, and um, sort of on the surface, but also a really good jumping off point for things to talk about. So the first post, so they're both from the paranormal subreddit, and the first one is entitled, Entity at Work Makes Staff Feel Dread. So there's an idea, there's a post here by a user named Mystic Custard, who discusses how they work in a three-floor building, and there's an entity that makes them feel dread when they're wandering around, and the colleague, uh, they asked a colleague, and they also said uh, that they had felt the same, um, and that there's a certain corridor that like gets them worked up, and there's a feeling of anxiety, uh, which is really, really interesting. Um, I don't know if you read the, the comments yet, Angela, but there is a very interesting earthly uh, explanation for this one. Which one are you referring to? I'm talking about the concept of infrasound, right? The interesting thing of like, there are certain frequencies that make people feel uh, nausea and dread. So I think it's the, the 19 Hertz frequency uh, uh, creates a range of uh, physiological events, including dread. So some people are saying that it could be um, their HVAC system or something going on that um, is causing this frequency to escape um, out into uh, the building. There's a really, really long reply did you read that one i did uh the first one uh, yes are you talking about the one that said that's like pray for protection Is yeah that what you're talking about? probably yeah. not on the real though call an electrician yeah so a lot of people saying that it's uh, it, it could be infrasound um but uh yeah very interesting um uh, con- uh have you ever felt weird at work not at my current job though but when i was younger i worked at a movie theater it was an old movie theater and the basement was very creepy there were rumors that people had tried using a Ouija board down there and bad things had happened. Um, the worst thing to me that happened down there was uh, we were serving really expired uh, Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> so you're, you're, what you're saying is that you may have caused this to, to happen to yeah. people. Yeah. The, the, I, I don't think it was Coke and Pepsi. We only had Pepsi, right? Because usually there's not... There's one vendor or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, some of the syrups down there were super expired. You do work at a somewhat haunted place, though, right? So one of the residences I work at, at my house, right? Is my house well, haunted? No, for your employer. I don't... Like, the building I work in now is not haunted, really. There's... No, but I mean, like, the one, one of the residences, right? There was a, a massive uh, fire about 100 years ago, right? So the that's, rumor, that's a bit yeah. of a problem. Lots there of was a, a, a literal massacre on the building across the street from where you and I used to work, right? The unfortunate 1992 uh, Valerie Fabricant shooting. Yes. Um, and then there's also rumors of someone else had, uh, uh, there was like a dead body in one of the elevators. That is not a rumor. That is absolutely correct. Somebody died. I couldn't remember if that was a rumor. I, yeah. Yeah. There, well, uh, there many you go. Many right? years so ago in the 70s, I think. There's a lot going on uh, around where you work. True. Uh, if um, you were to go into your actual building. I have not seen uh, anything 
bizarre though. Uh, we used to like talking about that though. Uh, when it we never happened together. to us though. No, never did. We'd have uh, we'd uh, have little get-togethers in my office. We'd watch weird documentaries, uh, unsolved mysteries sometimes. Yeah, I'm really trying to think of all the the different places I've worked. I've never really felt like the the chill or the the weirdness of an entity or a, a dreadful feeling. Really, at the end of the day, like HR would probably prefer to deal with this than uh, like some really bad toxic work environment things <laughs> i mean it is it is like theoretically an easier uh, yeah uh, it's like yeah we'll just call in a priest open and close yeah then, I, I would i would love to know if there are um incidences where hr has had to call in a religious expert in order to to handle something i'd be very curious to know about that one yeah we should look that up because i doubt it in i don't know if that would happen here especially in quebec where it's like people aren't that super religious but maybe in like really religious areas that might happen yeah for sure i'd be like curious if, if everybody knows. believes that it's the devil i mean maybe in a church <laughs> yeah double underscore density on twitter let us know if you know of any um, um companies who have had to call uh religious leaders to to cleanse a, a working space speed of working spaces though the second uh parallel uh subreddit post is by someone named bram bluewick bramblewick bramblewick let's go with bramblewick i would uh, say the, bramblewick uh, they work in a library and they felt also very weird, right? So there's also a book falling um, and then a bunch of, of other things, right? Uh, so it's very, very interesting. Um, I kind of like the these two together because it's, it's, it's just a suggestion of a situation in which there are weird things happening at, at work, right? And on the surface, I mean, there is the very kind of like classic paranormal explanation of, of it being beings right phantoms specters ghosts what have you but i think also like maybe this covers uh if we want to get like a little bit deeper let's be honest here we're like we live in a capitalist society let's start with that right so there are a lot of anxieties that surround employment in a current worldwide climate right so i wouldn't be surprised if there is a rise in these sorts of anecdotal um um, posts as well as as conversations with people that there is a a higher uh, incident rate of these um, strange beings as uh, global anxiety kind of uh, grows in general. Yeah, because if you're having mental health issues, minor or major, and you're at work all the time, if you're there all the time, that's where you're going to feel these things, this oppressive, the oppressiveness of anxiety and depression and all that on top of you, you're going to feel that at work the most because that's where you're usually the most stressed. Well, yeah, of course, right? Like this, the work causes you anxiety, so therefore you, um, um, your brain acts in weird ways. And I'm not necessarily saying that these people have these issues. I'm just saying, no, I would like to look at it from the lens of us um, as a a human population going through all of these upheavals, all of these problems, and then we deal with things in different ways. And we've talked about this before about you know, like for example, like we've talked about how um, certain alien encounters or abductions could be screening or you know the brain blocking more traumatic experiences definitely that are earth-based right so i feel like this could be tangentially tied to that concept of the idea of this isn't just a a paranormal like surface issue but rather um a larger um issue that is either not being addressed or being addressed and dealt with but not in the ways in which make for a um healthy being over and over and i mean in this case specifically libraries depending on where you are in the library if you're in the stacks in the basement where there's no windows, they're pretty creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, uh, uh, related though, like, and I don't mean to make light of this, but like the first Ghostbusters uh, movie, right? There's that whole scene in the bookstore. No, no, the bookstore. It's, it's the New York public library. 
Doesn't uh, what's his face? Uh, Dan Aykroyd own a bookstore? No, that's in Ghostbusters Two, I believe. Is it in Ghostbusters Two? No, it's Raise a Cult Books. Hold on, that's in Ghostbusters Two. It is in Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that you were correct. Yes, I had completely I was, forgotten about Raise a Cult Books. I was confusing the two. Yeah, and in the most recent one, right? In Afterlife, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he gets the phone call, yeah. So, but in the in the original one, the first place you see a ghost and the creepy stuff happening is in a library. Yeah, and I think that it's very interesting too when you consider the second movie, the lava of like hate, right? Yeah, <laughs> flowing everywhere. And I, I wonder how that's, that's doing right now. Let me tell you, friends, uh, it is raining red bits of goo all over New York City. But yeah, just, I, I think as we continue to be a more divisive society in general, I do think the number of incidents that people are feeling this like queasiness to them. Um, also, like it's easier to blame an outside source than it is to blame, or not necessarily blame, but to explain away oneself and their issues too, right? So, you know, these are are ways in which we create almost like like an avatar of of worry and anxiousness and stress, in which it is easier to say, "Hey, it's that problem, not what's going on here," right? And it kind of goes back to your point about technology and how much it's changed with communication. Um, it's so easy to go off on somebody now that you don't know either on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Setting up my dad's uh, new computer today or old computer, um, I'm you know, scrolling through Facebook to get him logged in. Uh, Facebook sucks. Like, I really don't like it. There's just so much garbage on there. The feed is like totally useless. I don't like, I just, I am on there just because I've told the story of like, there are hobby groups that I enjoy. Yeah. But like, Apart from that, I really, I don't care. I do not care in the very least about any of that. And it, the feed is like very poorly created and meta every six months is like switching things over um, and serving up content that they think we like. There are all these like reports that, that meta puts out of like the most successful pages and posts every quarter and like a lot of middling trash, a lot of minions memes, a lot of, um, you know, Darman type of like a morality play kind of stuff that like really is just not good at the end of the day, nor um, adding to the platform at all, which isn't surprising. And in saying this, you're kind of showing why people are feeling sort of oppressed at work as well. They're bringing this with them there and interactions you have, be it with customers or other employees will lead to this weird feeling. You'll walk away from something and instead of realizing, oh, I had a bad interaction with somebody, you might be thinking, oh, this office is creepy, maybe it's haunted. Yeah, so I think that, like it's an easier explanation to sort of like compartmentalize what is going on. Once again, like I'm not necessarily in these two Reddit posts. There are people who have like unresolved anxiety or depression or you know any of those related sorts of ailments. I'm just saying trend-wise, there is a a feeling of anxiety, a queasiness, an uneasiness towards modern living that we all um, have to a certain degree, no matter who we are and where we are in the world. But then it just, um, you know, kind of manifests itself in in different ways, unfortunately, yeah. and including saying like, "Hey, I heard a book drop, and it might be a poltergeist or a phantom." But it probably isn't. It's probably a, an annoying customer throwing books. I mean, realistically, I mean, realistically speaking, it is not right. But I'm willing to leave that door open to a certain percentage of belief that it could be something truly paranormal. Though I instinctively do not want to endorse uh, that by default. I do think that there's a, an easier, more logical explanation, and that has to do with oneself. But that it's hard, right? Checking, doing the work on yourself is quite hard. Let's be honest. You and I both have talked about this personally, yeah. off, and, off mic and on mic. And you're good at at giving the benefit of that. Where I'm 
more quick to judge. For example, as I was looking through Reddit for, for some, some of these topics to talk about tonight, I came across one where the post was, is my house haunted? And before even clicking on it, I said, no, it's not. <laughs> right, like in my head, I mean, right. no, it's not. It's there's, it's not. I mean, unless you use the term haunted in terms of a more abstract way, where I was gonna say like atmosphere wise, yeah, right? almost, yeah, like a weird feeling of dread, yeah, and that you know that happens to me down here sometimes. Like, what, what if what if a face pops up in that window over there? Yeah, I think it would have been interesting though, and like this is not obviously this is another pseudoscience, but like what if they decided to like record an EVP and see what happens in those instances? Yeah, and, right? and EVP again, it, it comes down to it being very, uh, it, it's not an exact science, let's say. And it's funny that EVPs are best recorded with a discontinued model of digital recorder that had issues where it would pick up strange noise. Yeah, I mean, uh, David John Oates, right, the reverse speech guy, for example, like those reverse speeches um, that he still continues to do are very largely interpretive, right? They're not objectively speaking, uh, definitive things being said by celebrities and and world figures. It's the way in which we decide to decipher what we hear and say together. Unless you're the Beatles. Well, yeah, obviously, John, John's dead. All right, Paul's dead. Paul's dead. Uh, You know, so that that kind of... is a really good point too, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I I do feel like there's a lot of, and also like I, I do feel coming back to communication. But there is an easier way for people to get validation online, right? So to seek out like-minded communities, you know, in the '90s, you'd have to find a message board or some kind of like mailing list or something. Usenet group. Or yeah, exactly. Usenet group in order to 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 share your experience. Where now it's just as easy as creating a username, not even half the time, and just posting um, uh, on somewhere and getting that that confirmation from someone else who didn't live through your experience that this is, um, you know, what has happened to you. Yeah, I mean, you can even have like Zoom groups and and talking to people that way. I, I, I I'm sure those things exist, right? Like where random people get on Zoom and talk about things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's called a podcast. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, but it's it's a really good point, right? There's an, an accessibility factor that kind of like allows people to um, feel uh, connected and seen when they have something that they can't explain. That you know, what are you gonna do? Like join one of those phone chat lines and see how it goes. Like you know, you can't always talk to things. The Freddy Krueger line, remember that one? Oh, of course. Which was just a weird one. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into it. But like the the marketing of Freddy Krueger to children is just a a whole problematic because he uh, kills host them. Of things. He kills kids. Of course, right? And he's also a pedophile. Was that ever discussed? I mean, it was in the in the reboot, right? In the 2010 reboot with the guy from The Watchmen. That was in 2010. I thought it was more recent than that. I never watched nope. it. No, it was it was fine. It exists, right? Yeah, so it was like along fine. with the Halloween reboots and all that. I think Halloween I Kills want... is now on 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 uh, Crave here. Maybe I should watch. Do it. not do, do not watch it. No, it's bad. Halloween Kills is bad. I mean, like, this is a, a movie that's been out for a year, but, like, it is definitely the second movie in a trilogy in that they're just moving the chess pieces to to finish up the, the trilogy. So Halloween Ends comes out uh, in a month from now or so, right? A little more than a month than us. Okay, so I should wait to watch both together? Sure. I have no idea how Halloween Ends is going to go. I'm very curious. There are a lot of really interesting rumors uh, going on, so I'm very fascinated to see how much of those are true. Like, um, once again, spoiler tag, but one of them is that Michael Myers dies at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Huh. And it's all about Laurie Strode and her family dealing with things and the, the community of Haddonfield at large dealing with things. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, that sounds like a, a different type of movie. Uh, yes. I recently watched uh, Bodies, 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 which is an A24 film, which I think you'd really enjoy. I'm sure it's going to come out on streaming sooner or later, but it's uh, good for the kids. 
Of course. Of course. Unfortunately, it's sort of being marketed as a slasher, whereas like it's more so of a, a thriller, I guess, would be the best way of putting it, like a, a high suspense thriller. I think we should end every podcast with uh, Brian's With a recommendation? Chat. Yeah. Or a recommendation? Okay, Angelo, if you were to give Double Density listeners a oh, recommendation, boy. what would you tell them to go watch, listen to, read? I was not prepared for this, but I am watching the new Game of Thrones thing. Um, House of the Dragon, I think it's called. And it's, uh, it's pretty good. I, I went in with very low expectations, so maybe that's what's helping me. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, I will also recommend something that is really interesting and also has the name Dragon in the title. So it is a book called Slaying the Dragon, and it is a recently released book all about the history of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like the game. Oh. Uh, and it's it's uh, acquisition by uh, Wizards of the Coast in the 90s and things like that. So it's very fascinating to understand what has happened there and how the um, how TSR kind of... of uh, made a lot of strategic errors in a very quick succession in order for it to be uh, prime uh, meat for for wizards to to swallow up. So this is the second time I hear about Dungeons and Dragons today because uh, the Game Sack episode today was about all old Dungeons and Dragons games. I didn't with finish the it guy yet. from Mad TV with Bizarro Jerry. I don't know who he, he's. Uh, yeah, he was on Mad TV for a couple of seasons. And he was also in that episode of Seinfeld where he played Bizarro Jerry. Oh, that guy's an actor. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, he's like, a, yeah. How does he know Joe? I don't know. And that's the very confusing thing, right? Because Joe's not in Hollywood. He's in Texas, I think, right? No. He's in Colorado. He's in Colorado, right? But he's a film editor or he edits yes. stuff, right? So maybe yeah. that way? I guess so, but it's really funny because I saw him and he he also was in another episode like years and years ago. Oh. So I feel like they may be friendly. Um, but I thought that was really interesting that the guy who had like three or four seasons on Mad TV and also was, you know, the Bizarro Jerry was just there this morning when I loaded up uh, YouTube. It was kind of a nice surprise. Yeah, I did not finish yet. I would, I'm actually going to go watch it after we finish recording this podcast. And I think I hear our theme music starting to play. So <laughs> what is this like the Oscars or something? We're getting yeah. played off. <laughs> This has been it for episode 195 of the Double Density Podcast. And as always, you can find us over on Angela. Let's do this. Oh, my God. I don't remember them at all. I haven't done this in years. Uh, Twitter.com. Double underscore density at Twitter. At double underscore density. You can also do linktree.com slash double density in order to find all of our different things. Great. including Thanks, Brian. Our personal Twitter uh, and Double density.net. Don't forget that one. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss whatever the heck we want to discuss, right? Yeah. That's what we do. That's yeah. You're back. I'm for. back. School's back in session. Content is back in session. And so this has been it. And we will see you next episode when we continue to discuss all of the different ways in which we are watching media with the word dragon in it. Can't wait.